It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is it a big deal if Auburn doesn't get any wide receivers via the transfer portal? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackaby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And joining me as he does most Wednesdays for a little War Report Wednesday action, Mike G. And we're going to talk about Auburn guys in the NFL draft in a moment, but uh, I, I... I hopped on a Facts or Not, which is a weekly segment you guys have been doing for for years. Um, Earlier this week, had a blast. Thank you for the invitation. But one of the questions or statements, I guess, that was posed, and we had to decide if it would be, if it was a fact or not, um, was Auburn will not add any wide receivers via the transfer portal. Most of us said nah, myself included. You said you that's said a fact. They would, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a fact. You said they would add um, guys via the transfer portal. I said no. When when is this coming? If you believe that they are going to add receivers via the portal, when do you think that happens? Well, it's now we're officially in the post spring ball era. So right, so every just about everybody. I don't think there's anybody who hasn't had their spring game after this past weekend. Yeah. So now that everybody has had their spring game. There is a short period of time, as I understand it, for guys to actually get into the portal. So between now and May 1st, you got to get into the portal, regardless of whether you're staying or going. You can transfer anywhere you want to, but there is a dead period this summer where guys cannot get into the portal. So the guys have to enter the portal before the dead period and then figure out where they're going to play, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later this fall. Yeah, and, you know, it's so early in this portal era of college football, so I guess we don't know this for a fact, but I think common sense gets us there where it's like the earlier you transfer to your new destination, the better. Right. I mean, as far as scholarships available, as far as, you know, if if you're in a position of need, like you don't want to be the second or third guy that they add because you want to understand what you're going into. Um. So you got to think over the next few weeks, we're going to start to see some of these guys transfer in and pick Auburn. Because look, people should not be freaking out with the the departures. It's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. But it is okay for you to be concerned with the lack of bodies that Auburn has added during, um, during this offseason. Yeah, I just think uh, people are nervous about what they haven't seen. And what the state that Auburn's wide receiver room is in right now is that there's not a ton of experience in that room. So, you know, people are nervous about going with the guys that we have. So they think, oh, we have to go out and get somebody. That's the, you know, that's why they went out and got Robertson last year. You know, you go out and you get a guy who's got experience and he came in and he started over guys that we had in our room. Now we're kind of moving past that. Like if, if we're saying, Year one, there were a lot of unknowns. Now this staff has spent a whole year with these kids. So I don't think that they're going – I think they'll add somebody, but not out of desperation and not because they feel like the room is weak. You got to go out and you got to find somebody. If you're bringing in somebody now, you got to bring in a game changer. 
I don't know if they'll be able to do that, but if you have the scholarships available, it might not be a bad idea to go out and get a guy, especially if he's bringing in experience. So they would be remiss if they didn't at least take a look at that. I do expect them to do that. Uh, and it's important for everybody to remember coaches are doing player evals right now, post spring. So a lot of guys are finding out where they stand going into the fall. Some right. of that is going to be not so great news for some of those guys. Now, do we want another program's rejects, so to speak? I hate calling them rejects, but, you know, at the end of the day, if they are getting bad news about where they stand with their program and they're looking to transfer, mm-hmm. one might stand to reason that those evals weren't good. Uh, right. And that player may be looking to prove that coach wrong by going someplace else. Or they're just not happy for some other reasons. I just know they have to do it quickly to avoid this dead period, and then they can transfer wherever they want after that. So uh, coaches are going through player evals right now. Players are going to figure out where they stand and use that information to make a decision about whether they want to stay or go. Right, yeah. So I'm in the camp that they will not add a transfer wide receiver this offseason because, like you said, if they were to go in and add a game changer, uh, I think that's something. But I don't think that's going to happen for most teams at this point in the process. I think all of the game changers have already been decided, right? I, I think those guys have been divvied up across the, the landscape of college football. And so now what I think you're going to see are these dudes who are redshirt freshmen or redshirt sophomores. And it's essentially like you getting a recruit, but has played in a college system for a few seasons, maybe not played, but gone through practices and film evaluations and things like that. And you're getting guys that could possibly make an impact in 2024, maybe 2023, but the wide receiver situation, I don't think you need that because I think the future of the position is really, really good. Guys like Thomas Dawson's young, Malcolm Johnson Jr.'s young, uh, Jay Fair's young, uh, and you know the, the, the list goes on and on. It's like the future of that position, I think, is fine. But where I think you're going to see it is with offensive linemen that aren't going to play this season, but you're going to have to totally revamp that whole unit after this offseason for the most part. Same with the defensive front. Um, and, and so I think those are the positions that you're going to see Auburn get a bunch of guys in, but not necessarily to play this season but to say, okay, in 2023, you've got a chance to be a starter. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. Listen, uh, they have no reason to believe that the cupboard is empty at wide receivers. Really only fans that feel that way because it's production that they haven't seen yet. Right. But the coaches are evaluating these guys. I go back to you know one of the earlier points about now they've had a whole year with these kids. So yeah. they know exactly what they have. And if you're bringing in a guy, he, he needs to add value immediately because that sends a message to the kids that you're developing as well, that they, they may not be ready yet. When you go out and you bring a guy in just to add depth, but he's not a game changer of some sort. So it, 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 let's say, hypothetically speaking, um, you know, you go out and uh, you get a top receiver from another school, like he led the SEC and that guy comes into Auburn. It's like, okay, well, they just brought in a guy who's obviously going to start <laughs> because he led the SEC in receiving yards the previous year and was okay. a complete game changer, but was unhappy where he was for some reason. That doesn't necessarily mess up the chemistry of your room because if you get a chance to get a guy like that, you take that kid. 
And, you know, former players like Chris Todd have, have told us repeatedly, the coaches are always trying to bring in somebody who's better than you. So you have to continue to fight for your spot and show them why you belong on the top of that mountain. Do I think they'll they'll do that this offseason? Yes, I absolutely do think they'll do that if that person is available. We just never know who's going to be available, and we're going to find out over the next few days. Yeah, I think that's well said. All right, I want to dive into the names you need to know when watching the NFL draft this weekend from an Auburn Tiger standpoint. But look, Mike G brought up a good point just a second ago with coaches always wanting to bring in players that are better than you. Built Bar is doing the same thing. They're constantly trying to bring in flavors that are even better than what you've experienced before. And, and I mean, they keep setting the bar higher and higher and higher and higher. And I mean, with, with some of the things they have going on right now, a peanut butter and chocolate granola built bar. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Sounds delicious. I have not tried one yet. I plan on ordering one later this evening or a box rather, not just one bar. Cause I know I'm going to want more than that. I want a full box, baby. Let's go. But seriously, all of these built bars are delicious. They're all covered 100% in chocolate and they all have about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein to keep you full. And they are fantastic. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off. That is at built.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Mike G, before we jump into NFL draft talk, what else going on at the War Report these days? Uh, not much. It's just the offseason. So, of course, we're working hard over at the War Report. We got tons of patron content for you guys right now. Uh, you know, we are putting out things on podcasts. We have podcast-only content. So, wow. it's the offseason. We're, we're engaging right now. We're trying to figure out some things. We've got great interviews going on over at the War Report. We just interviewed Robbie Ashford. He came to give us his post-spring analysis of all things Auburn football. So lots of great stuff over there. Go subscribe. Give us a listen. What was the biggest takeaway from talking to him post-spring? Did you guys talk to him pre-spring? Uh, what was the biggest takeaway post-spring? Uh, apparently, we got a bunch of sub-4-5 guys on this team. I asked him, who's the fastest guy on this team? And You just wanted him to say Malcolm Johnson Jr. That's all you wanted him to say. And he said, Shed Jackson. That's the first name that came out of his mouth was Shedrick Jackson. When you talk and, about speed, really? Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay. But um, I kept, you know, he was just like, I don't know, man. You're trying to get me in trouble, Mike, by asking this question. And he went through and he talked about all the guys. He said, God, we got so many guys. It's such a hard. I asked him to name top three fastest. Uh -huh. And he was having a hard time with that because he thinks they got speed everywhere. But he said Shedrick Jackson. I love he that. Shed is one of the fastest on the team. There, there's part of Shed's game that I like. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't think he's used correctly. Um, and, and I think that's a personnel issue, not a coaching staff issue. Agreed. I think they're doing what's the best case scenario for the team. But man, if like 
Like if Demetrius Robertson would have been a little bit better last year, especially as like an outside guy, I think Shed would have been tremendous on the other side of it. But when he's asked to be the number one guy, I, I just don't think it really works. And, and it's weird because Auburn's receiving attack was like inside out last year when I think it needs to be outside in. Um, and so I, I just think that kind of hurts Shed when it when it comes down to it. So agree, agree. And I don't think it's going to change because I think you, you you look at the guys that have the most upside. Um, they're all slot dudes, with the exception of maybe Malcolm Johnson Jr. Um, I, I think he could be relevant on the outside. So maybe that'll help shut out. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Listen, it's all about how we use him, and I'll be interested to see what kind of chemistry he has developed as the most experienced returning receiver with the quarterbacks that we have in our room right now. Now we didn't get a good look at Zach Calzada. I spent some time looking at his Texas A&M highlights from last year. And man, I still think he's going to factor into this race in the fall. No question. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Let's talk about the NFL draft. So as far as expectations from your point of view, Roger McCreary will probably not be taken Thursday night. He will be taken Friday night. I feel pretty strongly and confident saying that he will be probably a second round pick, but he's not going to slide out of the third round there. So um, what do you think that means from a program point of view when you don't have a first round pick uh, and you only probably have one guy going in the, uh, in the second day of the draft? Sounds pretty par for the course. So like in terms of um, draft picks, I mean, it sounds a lot like well, last mean, say, year, right? Well, say what you want about Gus, but in the thick of his tenure, he was getting guys drafted at a higher <laughs> rate than anybody in the history of, of, um, of the program. Yeah. I mean, there were, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, 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 think, I mean, th that's a number, like there's no arguing to that. Like that was happening, you know? Yeah, I mean, but if you look at like, if you look at his years versus the Tuberville years, it's like three more guys with like, with, with much higher rated recruits than what Tuberville brought in. So, yeah. uh, I mean, in comparing, I mean, it's not like Auburn has had a lot of stability at coach over the years as well, too. So we haven't exactly been running through coaches like some schools. Sure. And if you're talking about the last three longest tenure coaches, sure, he had more guys. But I would argue that Tuberville took low, like, I mean, he took much lower rated talent coming out of high school and and, and produced almost just as many draft picks. I yeah. looked at the numbers a while back. I think it was like 36 to 34 or something like that. It was it was very close. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll um we'll see, but uh as far as uh, I mean, this doesn't need to be par for the course though, right? I mean, we we talked about this after um after signing day when Harson was doing the whole with, with Auburn football doing the whole like playing the NFL draft theme and then him going up and reading it off of podium like they were drafting these players. And I think that's the vision that he's trying to sell is if you come to Auburn, we will get you into the league. And I think Auburn's going to have a bunch of dudes drafted higher next year. Um, everybody's focused on Tank being the first guy and Tank probably will be a high draft pick, one of the higher running backs. I'm assuming he stays healthy, but like Colby Wooden's going to be a drafted player next year. Yeah, is going to be a drafted player next year. Derek Hall is going to be a drafted player next year. There's a chance that one of these corners pops off and they become a drafted player next year. There's a lot to like about where all of this is going. Um, but this year, it's like, all right, you got Roger, 
who I think is going to go later than he should um, because his yeah. arms are two inches too short. He was a first-round yeah. pick going into the senior bowl week. Then he did all of his measurements, and they're like, oh, we don't like you anymore. I'm like, y'all are stupid. <laughs> y'all are so dumb. Somebody's going to get a steal. Uh, I think so. PFF put out – I think it was PFF – put out a thing that, like, analytics say he has the highest chance to be, like, the steal of the draft, or, like the best value pick of the draft. Or yeah, something. I believe that. I, I 100% agree with that. I think that people get enamored with your standard measurables. Right. How fast the guy runs, how high he jumps, you know, um, you know, how tall he is, how long his wingspan is. And sometimes they're just these guys who maybe don't have all those traditional measurables, but they have um, the things that are hard to measure with stats and rulers. Right. Like they have heart and they've got the work ethic and it's it's a whole process. So in the interviews that these guys do, it 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 helps or hurt their draft prospects as well too so if a team picking a certain spot interviews a guy and really likes him he may move up draft boards as well so that'll be part of the process as well where you know he may not have some of those measurables that stand out he can he can impress teams with what's up here and move up draft boards so i hope that happens for him yeah, I just don't know how you watch the Iron Bowl and you're like, I don't want that guy on my team. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, That's- man, it's talent eval, Zach, is it's such an inexact science. Totally. One guy looks at like people, like general managers, people get fired over this because they took, you know, in any sport, if you think about it, you got yeah. a bunch of, of guys that are highly rated. And this is this is a this is not a football example, but if you look at maybe like the um, the draft that had Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James, yeah, the second pick in that draft was Darko Milicic. That's right. Yeah, everybody around him turned into a literal franchise player, mm-hmm. and the Pistons took Darko Milicic. Right. They somehow had the only miss in like the first six picks. Crazy because yeah. they looked and they thought, like, oh, this guy projects as, you know, one of the best in the NBA. And, you know, Darko, I don't think he's playing basketball anymore. And those other guys are all Hall but of But sometimes it works. Sometimes it, you know, the, you know, the, the traits and the measurables, it's like, this guy's not good. And then mm-hmm. two or three years later, they turn into a stud. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's a reason. Josh Allen. I mean, there, there's a yeah. reason why they do all of these things. But yeah, well, you know, and every year there's some guy who who comes out of nowhere that we never heard of. Like I couldn't have told you who Trey Lance was before last year's draft. Yeah, I had no clue who he was. And, and this guy's the top five pick in the NFL draft. Who was the other guy that came from um, the BYU guy? Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't him because I knew about him, yeah. Wilson. There, yeah, I knew about Wilson. Uh, there was Trey Lance. Wilson, I don't know. It's maybe crazy. it was maybe it was Trey Lance, right? But I was just—I think he came from like South Dakota State or just some North school. Dakota, North Dakota State. If, yeah, yeah. If you told me you were following that team last college football season, I'd have been like, "Yeah, right." Guys like Joe Flacco, who came from like Vermont or New Hampshire or someplace, Delaware. Some, yeah. yeah, yeah, some obscure school, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, it is so hard to look at somebody and judge them, you have to take stats and film and interviews and all these things and make an educated guess on how a kid projects, right? And then if, 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 you know, what what players have told me 
Devin Romashitu told us this. Mm-hmm. He said, listen, if you are taken in the first three rounds, they expect you to play with, you know, by year two or three. Right. Any kid taken after the first round, so in second and third round, you may not make the, 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 the field year one, but the expectation is that you will be able to contribute by year two and at latest year three. So they dig into every part of who this kid is. And I just think from what I know about Roger McCrary, if teams do their due diligence, somebody should take a flyer on him a lot higher than he may be projecting right now. So, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. see. Yep, we will see. All right. Other guys to watch. What about Smoke Monday? And then could another guy possibly get drafted? A lot of people think Jacoby McClain will go late. Could there be another one? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by rockauto.com. Look, I'm sure the NFL draft wishes uh, the draft was like rockauto.com, where you need a part for your team. It's like, I would like to purchase a corner for super cheap by going to rockauto.com. They don't sell cornerbacks or any football position, but they do sell any part that you need for your automobile. Check it out at rockauto.com. The site is very easy to use and navigate, unlike the NFL draft. And so be sure to... Um, Check them out anytime you need auto parts for your car, truck, or SUV. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available, right? Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. So the NFL appears to be higher on Smoke Monday than I expected them to be, Mike G., and mm-hmm. so it sounds like smoke's going to go early day three. Um, a lot of teams really, I guess, analysts, I don't think we really know how teams feel yet, but a lot of draft analysts really like smoke's traits, which surprises me a little bit just because he kind of got lost once he got farther, farther away from the line of scrimmage. But it, it seems like he's going to be taken fairly early on day three. Yeah, I am a little shocked at that too. Yeah. I thought he would be one of the harder players to project in this draft, certainly. And I expected him to be, if drafted at all, very low. Uh, So I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that he may kind of outperform expectations in this draft. Uh, You know, he was was inconsistent at Auburn. There were times where, yeah, just blown coverages and there were things that, would make you scratch your head for you know, a super senior. Like, I, so yeah, I mean, they get a different kind of tutelage at the next level. Right. He, you know, hopefully he spent the time this off season, like once the season ends and you know, you're going into draft, those guys immediately go to work out with somebody in preparation for the combine or pro day workouts. Right. And they really transform their bodies too in that like three week period. I remember seeing <laughs> players come back looking like they, just got out of a Captain America super machine. They look like uh, you, Mike. Exactly. Just yeah. just a specimen, no. <laughs> absolute unit. Uh, but <laughs> you, you, Leota. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. And so what does smoke do there? And 
you know, can, can he improve as a pass coverage safety? That'll be fun to see. Um, and then Zacoby McLean is interesting. I've talked to some NFL draft folks that are like, yeah, I'm not even going to watch his tape because I don't think he's going to get drafted. But a lot of people and a lot of projections say he will get drafted sometime on mm-hmm. day three. Um, I don't think he can be that good in pass coverage. He ran a faster 40 than I thought. What did you say? It was a four, six, nine, right? For his 40 yep. at the combine. Yep. It's like, maybe that's enough. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I... Ah, man, it's just so hard. You know, when you're having these discussions, you know, about these players, um, a four six nine, you had you had mentioned that that was maybe faster than you were expecting. Uh, and yeah. for linebackers, because they're getting faster, it's it's not uncommon to have linebackers around or sub four five these days. Uh, so I just I'm not I I wondered if four six nine was too slow for him. Now what we do know is is that he was one of the best tacklers in college football over the last few years. No question, right? Not not a question. He was a tackling machine. So yeah. uh, he he rarely he had one of the lowest missed tackle rates. So you know when he had a chance to make a tackle, he made it, and he was just we were a different team with him in the game. I think the teams, when they look at film and see that, if you go back and you look at the first half of Georgia State, okay. we were a different defense after Zacoby McLean came into that game. You're right. So it'll be really interesting to see how much of that they evaluate and say, this guy is rely. I mean, who doesn't need a guy who never misses a tackle? Yeah. At times, he did. There were times where he took bad angles. Uh, you know, on tackles, and there were some things in his game that he needed he needed to clean up. So but you're, you're going to see that with every college linebacker. So for sure, yeah. But um, so, so right. So those three guys will probably get taken. Mm-hmm. After that, let's say in this world, I'm I, I tell you, I come from the future, and I tell okay. you, all right, four Auburn Tigers get drafted. Of course, you would say those three, and then you have to pick the fourth one between Demetrius Robertson, TD Moultrie. Rodarius Ham or Tony Fair? Who are you picking? I can go first while you're thinking if you want. Yeah. Hmm. I, I would say Brodarius Ham. I think Bro Ham has um has I you know, we're talking about traits and like there's some things I think we've seen NFL teams talk themselves into. I think his size is attractive. I think he's a very smart football player, uh, as far as the scheme. I've heard I've heard that when people okay. talking about him. Um so there you go. Man, I'm gonna have to go with you on that one. Okay. I, I think I think Broderius Ham definitely uh lineman because if the other options are Demetrius Robertson, I'm not sure that he projects as an NFL wide receiver based on what we've seen. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to be wrong uh and see him at the next level. Um yeah, I'm. I mean, I think that linemen. Every team is in need of good linemen, and you need to be deep on the line as well, right. too. So, uh, in case of injury, uh, there's no time in football where you never need a good lineman, right? So, uh, I would I would say Broderius Ham definitely, and it's a developmental position as well, too. Yeah, where you can. Uh, he can get them in the league. They can bulk them up. They can work on them. They can build them into an NFL lineman if, if they feel like enough of the foundational stuff is there. Right. Um, 
So one of my favorite draft guides that I get every year is the DTP's NFL draft guide. It's written by Daniel Parlagecko. Okay. Um, he has Demetrius Robertson as the 36th wide receiver, which means he would get drafted if that was the case. Okay. Um, but his argument's based off of like what he did at Cal and his traits, and he's got like breakaway speed. We didn't really mm -hmm. see that opportunity at Auburn. Okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if he does that. And then he has Zacoby as like the sixth inside linebacker, I think. So that would that would get him drafted as well. So okay. there you go. Mm. There you Man. go. Gonna be interesting to see. I mean, uh Harson, I don't even know how much he can claim of these guys. Like, is this really his draft? He would only be able to claim Robertson, right? If he were yeah. to drafted, because that's yeah. the only guy that he acquired. So yeah, and he, and then it's a bunch of defensive guys. You know, again, if Ham for some reason goes, I just yeah. think, yeah, these are numbers that we're going to have to work on in the future if you want to continue to attract top tier talent. You got to get guys in the league. There, I mean, I, the, next year's Auburn class will be significantly more draftable, I think. So, Mike G, I hope you enjoy watching the draft this weekend, my friend. One more time, how can people find you, hear you, watch you, all that good stuff? Uh, just go on over to the War Report on YouTube. Hit subscribe. We got tons of content there for you guys. Check out this week's Facts or Nah. And listen to your boy, Zach Blackerby. Special guest, Zach Blackerby. Yep. <laughs> yes. uh, give fantastic answers to everything. So thanks for having me. Of course, bud. Of course. All right, thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. For your second listen today, hop over to Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy's got a lot of good stuff going on. Or Locked On NFL Draft. Maybe they mentioned one of the Auburn guys that we talked about on their show today. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.